Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. I'm thankful that you're tuning in with me this Friday or whatever day you might be listening to it. I'm just thankful that you're taking some time to just open up God's word, take a few minutes, maybe while you're riding to work, maybe you're uh, running, maybe you're just sitting at home. But just thank you so much for tuning in on the podcast to hear what we're going to talk about today. For the past couple of weeks, man, we've had some encouraging testimonies on the I'm Persuaded podcast. We were listening to Beulah Youth just share their testimony and talk about how God's been just so good in their life in the past couple of years. Um, Some talked about how they got saved at camp this past summer. Some talked about their salvation experience a couple years ago. Some talked about just how God's growing them right now. And some, uh, God is calling them to full-time Christian ministry. And so we are rejoicing with the teens at Beulah Youth Group. And you you didn't even get to hear from all of them, uh, but that was the ones that I either voluntold they were going to record or the ones that volunteered to record on the podcast. And so I'm thankful for them, thankful that they had the courage and the boldness and had the the willingness uh, to step up and share their testimony. And so just encourage them as you see them throughout the church, as you see them in the community, uh, just help keep them accountable. As I said in one of the episodes here a couple of weeks ago, I uh, just help keep these teenagers accountable. I mean, they need help. They're, they're struggling there's a lot of teenagers that are just struggling with a lot of issues, especially with not being back in school, um, COVID, and just a lot of pressure from friends and from just, just pressure from the world that teenagers are facing today. And so they really just need some encouragement. So I would just, if I was you, just encourage them, pat them on the back, and just help them keep accountable to the commitments that they've made to the Lord, because you've heard them now, and you've heard them on the podcast and how they have promised to to the Lord, that they were going to maybe read scripture more, maybe rededicate their life or some go into full-time service. And so I know those episodes were a blessing to you because I know they were a blessing to me. And so I've been encouraged by them and I know you have as well. And so what we do on this podcast is some weeks we answer your questions. And so we haven't had an answer to a question in a couple of weeks now, probably months actually. And so that's what we're going to do this episode. I've had a lot of questions regarding the topic of baptism. And so we're going to try to answer four of those questions questions today regarding baptism. Uh, Here's the four questions. Does baptism save you? Is baptism mandatory in scripture? What is the purpose of baptism? And should baptism be by submersion? Because some some Christians believe that sprinkling or just um, uh, just pouring water over the head will do the trick. So does baptism have to be by submersion? And so we're going to try to answer those four questions today regarding baptism. So the first question we're going to answer today is probably the one that I've heard the most, and probably it's the one you've asked yourself, or maybe you've asked someone in the Christian life this question, and that is, does baptism save you? And so there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of denominations that preach the idea, uh, Catholics uh, preach the idea that you must be baptized in order to be saved. And so we're going to look scripturally today at that topic, that question, and just see what God has to say, see what scripture has to say regarding the topic of baptism and your salvation. And so I'm going to go ahead and just give you the point blank answer today before we back it up with scripture that does baptism save you? 
The answer is no. Baptism does not save you. And so we're going to look at a couple different passages of Scripture just to clarify that in your heart so that you understand why baptism does not save you. And we'll answer exactly what baptism is in the next couple of questions. But I want to read to you a verse out of 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so you might would read that verse and I might would read that verse and think, okay, well, it says the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. And so a lot of people will say, okay, well, there's scripture that says baptism is the mode by which salvation is given. And so that's not exactly what Peter is saying. And that's not what scripture teaches at all. Scripture does not teach that salvation is, comes by way of baptism. Rather, what Peter is saying here is that baptism is not what saves us, but it's a picture. And so let's look at the verse in the context here of 1 Peter chapter 3. He's speaking of in verse 20, he says, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing was preparing wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so what Peter is doing here is he's kind of um, using a illustration that baptism and Noah's day and the water in Noah's day kind of go hand in hand. And so what he said in verse 20 was, preparing wherein a few, that is eight souls were saved by water. And so they were saved while they were on the ark. And so, but it was not necessarily the water that saved them. It was the ark that they were in that God had told Noah to build that saved them. So it was God's plan for them to be saved on the ark. And the water was there just symbolizing all that was going on in that day. It was God pouring out his judgment upon the earth. As then you go to verse 21, he's not necessarily saying that it saves us, but the last part of that verse is what's very important. By the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. And so what you say, so what is Peter saying? He's basically saying that the water in baptism, as we get resurrected, as what we say when we baptize somebody, buried in the likeness of Christ, resurrected to walk in the newness of life. So what we're saying here is it's representing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so that's a verse that a lot of people will sometimes take out of context and say, well, that means that we're saved by baptism. Well, no, not necessarily. Peter is just using that as an illustration, basically saying that it is a picture of of our salvation. So we are not so we're not saved by baptism, but rather baptism is a picture of our salvation and faith in Jesus Christ. We're going to look at another verse. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says this, "For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God." I'm read that one more time. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, "For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So what is Paul writing about there? Very simple. He's talking about our salvation. And so in chapter 2, he lays out for us really who we were before Jesus. And so he tells us in verses 1, 2, and 3, we were dead. We were lifeless. We needed something. We Basically, if we would have been on, a, on like a heart monitor, we would have been lifeless. We would have been flatlining. Spiritually, we were dead. But then verse 4 says, but God stepped into the equation to offer us to quicken us, which means to be made alive. And so now we are alive through Jesus, through God. And so Verse 8 says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And so something that we must be very clear about inside of our Christian faith is that salvation 
is by Christ alone. It's in grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone that we are saved. And so we can get, and churches and denominations can get mixed up and start trying to add things to verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 2. They'll start trying to add, well, you've got to have Jesus and good works. No, that's not what the verse says. You've got to have Jesus and baptism. That's not what the verse says. You've got to have Jesus and church attendance. That's not what the verse says. Some say you've got to have Jesus plus your name on a membership list at a church. And again, that's not what the verse says. And so never will you find in Scripture where a writer of the New Testament or the Old Testament will tell us that for us to be saved, we have to have faith plus baptism. That's not what Scripture teaches us. Scripture teaches us that it's through grace and faith alone only in Christ alone. So Christ is the only one that can save us. Christ and his mercy and his grace and his death on the cross 2,000 years ago to offer us the forgiveness of sins is the only place, the only person, the only thing we can ever put our faith in to receive salvation. And so someone teaching that baptism is what offers salvation, that's incorrect. You do not find that truth in Scripture. You find the truth that it's Jesus and Jesus alone. So today, if, you've, if you're trusting in your baptism to get you to heaven, friend, I'm going to lovingly confront you with the truth. That is not going to get you to heaven. Baptism will not get you to heaven. The only thing that will gain you entrance to heaven is the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus Christ, his sacrifice and his gift of eternal life, so that you can go to heaven, so that you can have redemption. That's Jesus and Jesus alone. And so another question that we're going with that one is, will not being baptized keep me out of heaven? Answer to that is absolutely not. And so say you get saved uh, an hour before and then you have a car wreck and you die. Are you going to go to hell? Absolutely not. You're saved. You placed your faith in Jesus. And so then you meet Jesus. It's not your baptism that saves you. So you can go to heaven and not be baptized. You say, well, give me an example from Scripture. Look at the thieves on the cross. As Jesus is on the cross, one thief says, what must I do to be saved? And he says, listen, your sins are forgiven. You believe on me. Today you'll be with, be with me in paradise. And so that day, when that guy met death, he was with Jesus. He was with God in paradise, because not because he was baptized, but because he placed his faith in Jesus. And friend, today, if you're listening, that is what's important is that you know that you know that you know you have a relationship with Jesus, not banking on baptism, church attendance, church membership, good works, none of that. It's by grace alone from Jesus, in faith alone, in Jesus. That is what saves you, and that is what gets you to heaven. Question number two, now, is baptism mandatory? Should we as a Christian get baptized? And you might be saying, well, if it doesn't save me, then there's no need for me to be baptized. And, well, I'm going to lovingly once again confront you with the truth that though baptism is not the mode by which we are saved, baptism is actually commanded by Jesus. So if you look at the Gospels, you find this truth. You'll see that Jesus, in fact, was baptized. The disciples were baptized. And so, and and even after Pentecost, they were getting baptized. And so it is vitally important for a Christian to be baptized. You say, well, where do you find that in Scripture? One of the most famous places is Matthew chapter 28. Here Jesus has been resurrected. Jesus is in Galilee, and he's giving his farewell message to all of the disciples. And so there's probably a couple hundred people there, along with the, the 12 disciples, the main disciples, his followers. And he's given them commands for how they are to carry the gospel mission out to all the ends of the world. And he says in verse 19, Go ye therefore... 
and teach all nations. That first word in t- that word that first word for teach in the Greek simply means spread the gospel, be a witness. Then it goes on to say, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And so Jesus here speaking to the disciples, tells them first, your neck, your new mission, church, is to go and witness but then once you see people come to faith in Jesus, you're to baptize them. You are to baptize them. And then he goes on to say you're to teach them. That means disciple them. Teach them how to be a Christian. Teach them how to study the Bible. Teach them how to walk in their new relationship with the Lord. And so is baptism mandatory for disciples? Absolutely. It's commanded. And so if you're saved today and you've never been baptized, understand that's not going to keep you out of heaven. But if you're not getting baptized, if you haven't been baptized, Uh, Truthfully, you're disobeying Jesus. You're disobeying a direct command from Jesus. He's told us as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to be baptized. That is what we are to do as followers of Jesus now that we're disciples of Jesus. And so you might be saying, well, I'm just a Christian. I'm not necessarily a disciple. And once again, I'm going to lovingly confront you with the truth. You'll never find in Scripture where Jesus says, go out and make disciples. But if you can't make a disciple, we'll settle for a Christian. You always find here in Matthew 28, the Greek words simply say, go make disciples. And so we are, we are disciples. If you're saved today, you've placed your faith in Jesus. You were a disciple. And because you are a disciple, that means you should obey Jesus's command to be baptized. Now, Another question that might come in with that is some churches teach infant baptism. Some churches teach that at a certain age you are to be baptized. And scripturally, that's not backed by scripture. So what is backed by scripture is that if you are a disciple of Jesus, that means today you've placed your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, you should be baptized because that is the command of Jesus. If you've not placed your faith in Jesus, You should not be baptized because that's not going to save you. What saves you is your faith in Jesus Christ. All right, so question number three. What is the purpose of baptism? We're going to read a few verses out of Romans chapter 6 to illustrate the purpose of baptism as well as Matthew 28. The purpose of baptism, uh, Romans chapter 6 rather, verse 3 and 4 say this. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore... We are buried with him by baptism into death, and that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. And so you say, well, what is the purpose of baptism? Why should I get baptized other than it being the command of Jesus? And what Romans 6 said there in verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. And so very simply, what is the purpose of baptism? It's basically you identifying with Christ in his death and his resurrection. And so we, as Christians, as disciples, we want to publicly identify that, you know what, now we are a disciple. Now we are a follower of Jesus. And so what is the way we do that? We stand before people and we are baptized. And so baptism simply is us identifying, it's us signifying that in front of a group of people, I belong to Jesus. And so what you say when you get baptized is buried with Christ and then raised to walk in newness of life. So that's representing his resurrection. And so what you're doing is, as you were put under the water, you are then 
signifying or symbolizing that you were buried with Christ. Your old man, your sinful nature was buried with Christ. You were then raised up out of the water to walk in newness of life, signifying that you are now representing with Jesus and his resurrection. Now, the water is not what washes away your sin. The blood of Jesus is what washes away your sin. And so you were just publicly identifying, I belong to Jesus. So the purpose of baptism is for you as a new disciple. Maybe you've been saved for years now and you've never been baptized. You say, what's the purpose? The purpose is just you are not denying Jesus. You are you want to publicly claim, I belong to Jesus. As you baptize people, you'll often hear this. Well, Kim, can you, as a preacher, can you just come and baptize me at my local swimming pool where there's not many people watching? And sometimes, but really, you want people to be there. The purpose of baptism is not that it saves you again, but the purpose of baptism is that you are showing the crowd, you are showing the world, all of those in attendance that you now identify with Jesus Christ. And so it's good to have a crowd. It's good to have the congregation there. It's good to have as many people there as possible because you are publicly identifying, I am now saved, I'm a disciple, and now I'm walking with Jesus. And so the greatest It's an amazing picture. It's a beautiful picture that you are now with Christ. You belong to Christ. And so you should want a lot of people there to watch you publicly identify with Jesus Christ. All right, last question today, and we're going to wrap this podcast up. Should should baptism be by submersion? And so a lot of denominations teach this very differently. A lot of people believe this very differently. And so what is the correct biblical view of, of submersion. So I think we can just clarify this really simply today. So if you were to look at Matthew 28, the word baptism there, baptizing, or any other passage of scripture, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 3, we looked here at um, Romans chapter 6, anywhere you see the, Greek, the, the word baptism in the New Testament, the Greek word that is behind the word baptism simply means immersion. And so as the they, they were translating the Bible, they kind of made an English word for baptism. The Greek word literally basically says baptismo, and so it's the Greek word is baptism. And so what it actually means, though, in the Greek is immersion. And so every time you see the word baptism in your Bible, it's meaning immersion. And so it's not technically come out and said in Scripture, but what it is is in the original language, that word baptism actually means immersion. And so the correct biblical view of baptism is by immersion. And so I know a lot of people teach that sprinkling or or pouring water or christening or all this different stuff, but the Bible actually teaches that baptism is by immersion. And so that because you are buried under the water with Jesus in his death, and then you are raised out of the water to walk with Jesus in newness of life, symbolizing your new faith in Jesus Christ. And so baptism, yes, it should be by submersion. It should be by immersion. You're going completely under the water to completely signify or completely just um, identify with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. I hope this question has helped you today. I know we had a lot of people questioning uh, just different questions associated with baptism. And so I wanted to take a few minutes today on the podcast and just try to answer a couple of those for you. And I hope it's been an encouragement. I hope if you ask that question or you ever, you've ever wondered about that question, I hope today uh, that through Scripture you've more understood the topic of baptism. And if you've been saved for some time now but you've never been baptized, man, I encourage you, get baptized. It's the command of Jesus. It is Jesus. It's you just identifying with Jesus. And why would we not want 
to identify with Jesus. We should. And so I encourage you, go to your pastor, uh, go to somebody and say, hey, I, I need to be baptized. I think that's my next step in following Jesus is believer's baptism. And so I want to be baptized. And so I encourage you to do that. Today, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, but you're trusting in baptism, friend, you do not have salvation. If you're trusting in good works, you do not have salvation. If you're trusting in your church membership or your church attendance, you do not have salvation. So what is salvation? It's faith alone in Christ alone by grace alone. So it's Jesus showing grace. It's you placing your faith in Jesus for his finished work on Calvary. And it's only by the blood of Jesus can your sins be washed away and forgiven. Hope this has been a help and encouragement to you today. Uh, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.